You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Okay, uh, so Just this. waiting for you. You're scratching yourself with Incredishias. Correct. Um, so it is Sunday. Oh, I feel like um, we, we've not done this for ages, but it's only been a week. Two weeks. Two weeks. In, but, but for them, there was one last week. Yeah. All right, so it's Sunday, September the 26th, 2010. This is after the show number 140. We are back. Um, and you probably missed us. <laughs> you reckon they did? Um, Sid talks back, and she'll talk about that later. But uh, the Technically, movie- they should only have missed me. Because you were always ever present, I was actually I, on another yeah, continent. I was not on the airwaves. Oh, so um, whatever. <laughs> so uh, the movie we're looking at this week is uh, 2010's Robin Hood. Um, the year, yeah, 2010 movie, 2010 Blu-ray release. It was actually out on Blu-ray and DVD this Tuesday. Um, the what what we looked at was the Blu-ray, DVD, digital copy, director's cut version. Um, so the ultimate edition. Um, it's from our friends at Universal, and you're going to tell us what the movie is all about. You think... I'm, I'm new to this, I feel like it's been a while, but um, I think people probably know what Robin Hood is about. Yeah, but do they? Yeah. Well, does anybody. Um, in this telling of the tale, Robin of the Hood is a soldier on the Crusades with the crazy King Richard guy, Lionheart. I don't know a lot of history stuff, so I'm going to have to go... I only go from what I've learned in movies, right? So Richard the Lion... And a Disney cartoon from uh, Robin Hood. <laughs> so Richard the Lionheart, everyone can like, oh my god, she's so stupid. I can tell you, that after going on my trip, which we'll talk about later, I know I have not made an effort in my life to learn a lot of world well, history. Well, f- first off, I, being English, we learn English history. Yeah. Um, Did you memorize it all? Jesus. I didn't memorize it all, so. but obviously um, we actually had a lesson that involved Robin Hood, even though some people say Robin Hood didn't exist. Yeah. So, go on. I guess it's a telling of the times, because yeah. you had the king out on the Crusades, and in this movie, he's out on the Crusades, in- insane, really, and spending loads of England's money, and then while his brother's at home, and in most other tellings... The brother is just, when can I be king? But basically, he's just reaping the benefits of his brother out and about the spoils, written, whatever. And in this one, the brother's just a petulant, young, childlike man who has no design on the throne, I don't think, at least. And um, we meet Robin as a soldier on the Crusades, but he sort of evolves into what we do know, is that he wants... Like power to the people and not tyranny by the king. Um, and in this, we meet Marion, so, who's like, it was kind of confusing to me at first because that her part. Is, oh yeah, we'll talk about yeah. that movie. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say just to put it really succinctly, right? If this was a superhero movie, this is Robin Hood's origin story. Yeah. The, um, you know, previous yeah. to him being. Robbing the rich and feeding the poor, even though he does do a little bit of that in this movie. Uh, so moving—that's what the movie's about. Moving on to the movie itself. Oh, so my, oh, so I'm not good enough for you. Is that what you're saying? I didn't actually tell. No, I just—I didn't want you to get too deep there. Just the right, right. So moving on to the movie itself. Um, so the first thing the, when this movie started, um, the opening, the opening 
siege of a castle thing battle. Um, it was one of those movies where I know I like these kind of movies because it's where the hair on the back of my neck stands up. Oh, right. It's like moments of that, like when Russell Crowe appeared and Ridley Scott knows how to push the right buttons, I think, in a, on a movie-going audience. But, let me say this, you have to be into, like, history and yes. medieval battles. Yes. And, and if you're not, it might be a bit too much if for you. If you're not, the hair's not standing on the back no, of your head. No, but for me, yeah. those times... And, you know, I loved Gladiator also by Ridley Scott, um, which was obviously way before this, but um, Ridley Scott knows how to put you into those times. He's a master of detail, and and every single frame of this movie, it's a brilliant movie for high def, um, Mm -hmm. it is packed with detail. Like, everything. Nothing's out of place, costumes, the whole lot. Um, That we know of. No, I, I wouldn't know. I, th- I think he's an absolute <laughs> meticulous sure. perfectionist when it comes down. It gives to- the impression that it's all 100 percent accurate reenactment stuff, which I don't doubt. But I mean, who would know? Because it's so complete. But what, what I'm getting at here is the, the hair on my neck stood up at the beginning. Um, I loved the movie. It's it's super epic. Super. It's even though Russell Crowe says in some of the extras they don't like to compare things to Gladiator, but you can't help it when it's Ridley Scott and myself um it also has that you know like gladiator tries to be like a telling of those times but then really is a big epic movie like a a, fictional character yeah and then it goes into like a almost like a superhero kind of like a guy rising up and all that this also does that um it's got the movie parts to it is what i'm saying it's not necessarily a boring like somebody who's not into history would there's some some kind of movies that deal with this kind of period where they'd be super bored. Well, no, I think this actually has the movie element to it too, you know, like the rousing parts and the very cool bad guy. Um, and there's a big, you know, payoffs and stuff like that, you know? It's not just a boring history movie. I think I enjoyed it because I love... Anything, anybody, when they try to make a movie that does rep, like, I want to put my mind back in 1199. I want to think, because, you know, we've, like I said, I learn what I learn, what I think I learn, quote unquote, from movies and shit. Looking in some books and some pictures and paintings, and I look, I've looked at a lot of art, art history. So you think you have an impression of what it was like, but to see it in a movie and hope they're being true to the, the muck and the mud and the dirt and the grime and the clothes. That I love. I love, like, totally going in. But I have to admit, anytime you start throwing a lot of, like, strategies and shit and, like, taking over this country and some guys coming in from France, I don't even know in my mind truly where they're in relation to each other geographically. That's the truth. I mean, I know, but I don't know. Like, if they're saying we're on the southern border of England and then you know that... France might be coming to this body of water thing, and I'm like, I don't even know what you're what you mean exactly. I don't know where that is. And then there's lots of like twists and turns. You know, there's like the guy who works for the king, but now he's actually kind of a traitor to the country. And then he's got this other guy coming See, in. I love all that stuff. I love it, but I don't always understand it. Right, that's and, why you don't get Star Wars. And I exactly, <laughs> exactly, I get it, but I just get like, I mean, it's the same with games. You give me a game like Civ Five, which we'll talk about, I'm sure later. In fact, Civ Five. And you say, 
oh, it's easy, it's no problem, and you do this, and you build your whole community. Well, I'm going to have some asshole come in to attack me someday, and I'm going to have to figure that out, and it just doesn't, it just doesn't register the, for me. Um, so in this movie, I'm constantly thinking to myself, it's like a battle. Oh, is that guy real? Is that guy historic? Is that guy fictional? Is the king the Lionheart? Okay, what was he? The Crusades. What was that exactly? Because there were more than one crusade. And where did he go? And when they talk about Muslims, okay, how far did he go? And my mind is full of all this. And I'm not as into the movie part. And I don't feel like it had the same rousy movie stuff. Which I don't dis- I don't dislike that. But it didn't have the same... It was a lot more... It wasn't like, dun-da-da-da, hero time. Yeah, it was... See, I didn't see that at all. I felt it was very... It was a collaborative, heroic thing. Well... Throughout. It wasn't just... Robin and his married men were always a unit. Right. All of it, yeah. And I think... Because my mind just fills up with too much history versus fiction. If I'm watching just a fiction story, I'm pretty good with it. Even then, I get a little muddied with the... It's not that I'm stupid or anything. It's just... I have to say this. It's so manly to be all deceptive and take over shit and we have but to conquer your country. Went, right? I mean, it still goes, like still goes Yeah, And I just think, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> well, you know what? I, um, I definitely... I've seen lots of Robin Hood movies. Yeah, me too. Robin Hood stories, TV shows, the whole lot. Robin Hood's been done a lot. This is actually my favorite Robin Hood telling because I prefer it to what I know. Like... Do you know the myth story? Mm-hmm. Like the, you know, these the, what Disney took Just and made into the cartoon. dude that. frolicking in the woods. Yeah, I'm kind of at it with that. I mean, I've heard that. So this was like, okay, Robin Hood is in this, but it's not really a Robin Hood movie. It's more a, like you say, the Crusades. Or, it's more of a... It's trying to tell that point in history. With him as, not even, he's not even an anchor like for Titanic. the... like Titanic. You got a real event... Potentially, France did try to invade England, I'm assuming. They probably did many times. And at the spearhead of this, or at the center of that particular moment in history, they throw this fictional or non-fictional character. I guess what it is, is it, it, it kind of might be a little bit misleading to be called Robin Hood. Because it, if you're thinking... I'm going to watch a Robin Hood movie. That is not what you're going to get. And I just told them. They got, there's no surprise left. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> you, do, you do get Robin Hood, but it's not... That's why I like it. It's not your typical Robin Hood story. It didn't go exactly where it was. I thought it was going. It's not Prince of Thieves. To be honest with you, Prince of Thieves did the same thing. He wasn't already established. They built up to his thing. They did, but Prince of Thieves was more traditional, in my opinion, as a Robin Hood story. When it got to it. I mean, it did... This kind of touched really... I mean, this is, like I say, a, a, almost a prequel to Robin Hood's deeds that you know of. It's where he started and also where his father started. You know, it's The only deeds the I know of is the ambushes on the road taking shit from people. Yeah, the Robin the Rich. Which, That's is, it. which is a whole story in itself, which the, the storybook of Robin Hood that you would have been read to as a child would be all those stories. His... Adventures in the Forest with Friar Tuck and the Merry Men, you know, and Maid Marian. I mean, this is like him just meeting Maid Marian, not being, not, not have, not being with Maid Marian for many years. Like, I mean, it, it's the beginning. I guess, to be honest, I've only, I think there was the Arrow Flynn. I watched the Disney cartoon, which I, to this day, is my favorite, even over this one. Prince of Thieves and this. I've never and Men read. In Tights. I've never read a book. I've seen Men in Tights, but don't really. <laughs> 
I've never read a book of it. Uh, I've never had it read to me. I've never studied it. No, so my only school. impression is very, very basic. That's, I mean, like, uh, ambushes on the road to steal from people with money, and then... I mean, there's none of that. Let's just say, there's none of that in this movie. And also, as an American, maybe. And maybe you learn it different. I'm not saying England is, like, that you're taxed all the time by a tyrannical king or anything, but the concept to me as a kid or growing up or watching the different things of, like, the sheriff walking around taking food from your children because it's in the name of the king... It's a completely foreign concept to me. I know we pay taxes and stuff, but the the representation, and maybe as it was, and that's why we have... I mean, we're talking... Taxation without representation is one of the things we, I guess, America wanted to do. I don't know. Who knows the true history of why things are the way they are, but... There is some awesome... I just never grasped it. Like, a, a king's man can come to town, and everyone has to line up and put their gold and their shoes and their candles and their food in a big pile... Because he's the king, and he's only the king because his mother, because she had him? And it, isn't, it just doesn't grasp me. But it's actually kind of awesome the way they portray it in this movie, because it makes... Makes more physical sense. I can see it, yeah. kind of understand. And that I love. And I love the king, how he's just like, I mean... Which one? The uh, the king who's um, John. The yeah. one who's sworn in. With the little crooked crown that's in the cartoon yeah. as well. Well, I, lo- well, I love about him... <laughs> The guy, even the guy, just the portrayal of him in this movie is how he is completely entitled. He just feels that this was always my thing. Like I, I once he gets it, that yeah, didn't seem to want it. No, but then it's like that moment he got it and he realized sparkle in his eye. It's an an amazing scene that that whole thing where you know where he gets the crown. It's very simple. And then you you think is this how just like that he's made the ruler of one of the most powerful countries. Like everybody stood there and um, he understood, and they're all on the knees. And then he realizes, I'm in control of these people. This is this is like awesome. I'm the puppet master. Yeah, and like. I'm a dickhead. And also. you just handed, I have no idea just handed the rule to a child. <laughs> this is what is what you know. He has no idea what he's doing. Like nothing. Like and it, then see when I'm watching that, I'm thinking in the history books and in writings by people and journalists of the time, I'm sure there were newspapers and all kinds of stuff that wrote about different people and kinda of like our gossip columnists and whatnot. Is that how it was has always been told? Or is it all myth and legend and I mean, I know they existed, but do these things just like Chinese whispers, as they say? And I don't know if that's rude or not, but that's what we call it. When you say something in one person's ear, then you pass it around the circle. And by the time it gets back around, it's got all twisted around. Hmm. They don't get it. They don't retell it right. So was King, what's his name, the Lionheart, really just an insane Jesus freak kind of guy? And ha- spared no expense to Nobody knows, whatever. really. Oh, but somebody did. I mean, somebody was right beside him when he was doing shit. But that's why I think we just keep retelling it. So, uh, I mean, I like it, but it just I, my mind is full of that. I also like questions. how this king is so, um, in so like narrow-minded that when, like, obviously Robin's a man of the people, and he's a, ex, they're all expressing like we don't want a king like this. We this guy would be more like somebody we'd look up to. He just doesn't get it like mm. at all. Like that whole scene, he's like, um, yeah. Okay, then let's uh, let's tax everybody. Like he's like completely. I mean, and that's probably what it was like. I mean, there was no rules. 
Yeah, but that's it. We don't know. But there was no rules. Like, uh, people were making shit up as they went along, weren't they? Um, you know, and it was an old-fashioned thing. It's funny, because uh, I did have the opportunity to stand in a castle just last week up on a mountain and look down on, like, this little village it was in Bavaria. And I actually, my mother was standing, and my mother's like this, oh, my God, it's just amazing. <gasps> what are you thinking? And I said, what I'm thinking is, if I was the king, that particular king didn't get to be king for very long, but if I was a king and I'm looking out, and this kind of plays to my thinking of what, what were these people really like, and I'm looking at endless land, and there's a farm over there, and a village over there, and a church over there, and I can either think, this is mine, and they owe me. They are the they are the cogs in my machine to keep me atop, and I will do anything. Or do you look out and go be overwhelmed with like, oh my god, I am responsible for the health and happiness and the security and the safety of all of this, all of the land, all of these people. I think that might well, those two things could make anybody go crazy, like a president. Even now, there so, was a lot of crazy kings. wasn't Yeah, there? so if you think, man, you had no. You said there's no reins on you, really. I you mean, just, they're... they're making it up as they go along, or they're um, just like going how it, like from past experience, yeah. which is also being like it, nobody knew what what to do. Like they just knew um, if we ask people for money, then we will get it, have money <laughs> yeah. to keep our you know royalty going. Or yeah, it's crazy. Like it um, is, and it really shows it in this movie the like how the church you know there's there's all kinds of weird like well real things that we know in the everyone's history at the mercy of that system yeah yeah like um you know the church have got a big stockpile of grain but when people need it they don't give it because right. like why should the church help that's so funny yeah. my mom and i had that conversation too she said one time and i had to divert again but just that that in real terms now few months ago or last year or something when this community was like really down and out nobody had jobs the preacher came in or somebody came no this was a few years ago i guess came in the bank where she worked and he wanted eight thousand dollars out of the church's account to pave the driveway of the church which was it was gravel and he wanted to pave it and she said to him you know you have a lot of people who go to your church you don't have jobs and stuff wouldn't it be more helpful to them maybe if you help him with their rent or their mortgage. He said he looked at me with the blank on his face. Like, he just... He had decided to pave the driveway with the church's money. And that's the way... He wanted it to look nice. Right. So that's just the simplest modern thing of that thing, too. Like, everybody wants to keep themselves in good if they got the cash. So power corrupts. And that was I, I'm thing. not making that up. And so those are made-up things, because they're in the history books yeah. about, like... The churchy, the churchy is actually saying they will give the world and help everybody if they believe in the word, and then not, yeah. and then also royalty, like pissing on their own people, basically. Like, as long as we're okay, like it doesn't really matter what's going on down there. You know, it's it's. You're like the coals in my fire, kind of thing. You're just you there, dispendable. I guess you could say that still happens. Of course, in every. You don't send 100,000 troops to a foreign country in the middle of a war and not assume that some of them are going to die because of what you believe in. It's just the um, logistics are slightly different now because of the, the, how further advanced we are. But how it's, for, it's the, same. the world is forged in a funny way. Why can't everybody... This isn't the movie. I mean, it is the movie. That's what it brought up to me. I think the movie I guess was that's really makes it good very in, clever, that, in, that, yeah. in them respects because it makes you think about history. It may, I actually 
know a lot about this uh, period. Just makes me want to look it up. Makes though. you want to go yeah. and just see. I mean, these are real people. Like Ridley Scott says in the extras, this. While the the legend of Robin Hood might not be a real thing, these are real people. You know, the Lionheart and all these people. Yeah. These are actual facts. People who existed, who ruled countries and fucked things up like and i was gonna say and women could be the downfall and we there was a little touch of that with isabel yeah excuse me isabella as the, the potential French. queen of england did she become queen of england see that's yeah, a, she no, did, yeah. <laughs> see, I know, that makes me want to go oh i want to look at the the lineage here now of so i mean and it really sucked me in because of the like you said the detail um and I'm, I was always wait. I was just really anxious to see another. I got a little muddled with the details of his, history things, who's going to invade who, and all that kind of stuff. But I, I really, really wanted to see like what was going to happen to the father-in-law and what was going to happen to the bad guy. I mean, I wasn't one hundred percent sure because I didn't know. Well, that, so I love that's that. even better then. Yeah, yeah. So ignorance is. I mean, bliss. you kind of have the idea in your mind, like you know, you know, Robin Hood and da 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 da, da happy, happy, happy. And, you know, merry men are going to save the day, but you don't really know. So in this movie, you don't know. You just, you just don't know. No, and I, I, I think it was really good. I mean, I've read uh, some write-ups of this movie that came with the Blu-ray. Um, I have like a press sheet that comes. And um, there was some stuff in the back where it was getting negative um, reviews, etc. For like, um, and I totally disagree. A lot of these people said, "Don't this movie didn't do very well because it totally forgoed the Robin Hood story, and it it might as well just be some other thing because it didn't do Robin Hood justice." Right. But what do they want? Do they want like a guy in a green cape, like? Because we've got that already. Yeah, we've already got that. So, I think <clears> if the, if it had been more dynamic with the origin, okay, well, I'm gonna think Spider-Man origin. It's a very funny and um, like wispy, and every two minutes you've got another funny thing and another thing happening to this guy who's just becoming who he's gonna be. In this movie, it's about everyone. I mean, it really is. You yeah, get a lot of everybody. That's what I like. You get a lot of scenes with everybody. It's not just... I mean, Russell Crowe is the star of the show, but... It's not he, the Robin Hood story as right. much as the story of And England the thing is, if Robin Hood France. was a man of the people, and in this, or whatever, that's what I got, was that everybody's stories was coming together to kind of make... Not make him be who we think he was, but the reason a person like that becomes a legend... In any times, it could be Jesus, it could be the Braveheart guy, it could be, you know, I mean, any is because, Patriots. yeah, any I mean, of those things. Anyway. It's because, you know, the everything going on around them and it had to elevate them somehow, and there, you know, and that's what I liked. You got scenes with everybody and substantial scenes. There were no like, like, thirty second scenes of da 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 interesting glance, we're out of here and back to Robin Hood. You know, it's none of that. It was really substantial. We also watched the director's cut. Both cuts are on the disc. um, And the director's cut's like 25 minutes longer. So I think we saw the filled-in version because scenes were never throwaway. It was always like a full... Yeah, every time. If you saw... I mean, I really thought about it while it was happening. If you saw a new location, it wasn't just brief. I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on in that location. Even I, I don't know how the theatrical... Maybe the theatrical cut wasn't as good, and that was the why people mm. dissed it in the theatres, you know? 
Because it did get negative. I, you know why? Because everybody wanted the dun dun dun, dun kind of problem. Yeah, you but, know. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. It, it's I a, agree with you. It's a realistic, it, uh, more of a history books type of movie, isn't it? Um, you have to be mm. into history, I think. It's not gritty enough for me. That was another thing I wanted to say. It's not gritty, really, for me. It's very to me. You disagree, but I think it's very movieish as well. There's a lot of details, but it still feels very. I've just gone to. Uh, pre-Renaissance, whatever that period is called in history, I don't even know, uh, reenactment camp. See, to me, no, It's no. not, it wasn't, I mean, you've got the dirt and you got the mud and I could smell the stench of a lot of things, but I still felt like there wasn't a lot of blood and there's not a lot of... It wasn't very bloody. There's not say, a lot of real gritty... Like, like Braveheart, for instance. Um, it's really bloody once the battles take place. Yeah. And there's a big battle in this movie. Well, there's a couple of big battles. But the big battle in this movie wasn't as bloody as I thought it would be. And yeah. a battle with bows and arrows and swords and shields is going to be really bloody. Heads flying off the whole thing, right? It's not necessary to see heads flying off. But you're doing Braveheart and it kind of impacts you. Because it's really kind of gross. Like, yeah. there's blood and limbs flying. They kind of... I don't know what rating this was. Oh, it's unrated. Even the unrated uh, director's cut still felt a bit... And it doesn't feel, you know, when they're, like, raiding a village and you hear some women screaming and stuff, you, there's still not... The, there's, like, a suggestion that they were raping the women and stuff, but yeah, not Yeah, but really. it was still very theatrical. Yeah. And so that is one of my only... They did like, throw a load of kids and women into a thing to burn them all. Mm-hmm. It's kind of gross. It did. Still wasn't quite gritty enough for me. I did love <laughs> the battle scene. I... There's a battle scene, let's say. Yeah. I think it was really well... It was just a really interesting... Um, what you call it? Location. Yeah. The location was amazing. Like, as soon as they rode up on that, I was like... Ooh, and you, where yeah. you saw the horse on the on the thing. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I hope the battle takes place here. Because, like you say, in the Robin Hood um, stories, all the battles took place in Nottingham Forest, really. Mm-hmm. This is a big... Not it's not a Robin Hood battle. It's a battle between France and England. You know, played on a beach. It's cool. It's I really liked it. Um, Ridley Scott has a way of. I think I'm different than you because I felt like I didn't feel like it was very big in scale. <laughs> I did, and I know that their 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 thing was oh my god, it was like a massive scene. It took us nine days to film, and yet I felt it was a little bit claustrophobic. Well, think about it though. It wasn't like major armies in that mm-hmm. I mean they sent smallish armies to do little skirmishes um, uh, this army happened to have the king with them yeah both you know, kings and you know so, you, you've seen like Lord of the Rings or whatever or yeah where that's the scale it's, I'm it's thinking epic, of Lord of the Rings of loads of yeah. fictional this is on monsters. the scale of like a Braveheart or whatever though like a, it was a fairly uh, I feel like Braveheart was much more bigger and so was uh, even Troy Troy and the one of your recommendations? Gladiator had a bigger... I don't know. I just felt like it was a bit... I, I just love this. I, I um, really... I'm a, I've, all, I've been a fan of Ridley Scott since Alien. I mean, like... Oh, yes. Um, he impresses me every time. He's like... This week I was looking at some movies that are coming out. And I saw, like, a Matt Damon movie. And I'm like, oh, I like Matt Damon. You know, I always like a movie with Matt Damon. I was like, look who that's directed by. It's Clint Eastwood. Another one by Clint Eastwood. And I was thinking... You know, Clint Eastwood's like an old guy. I mean, he's like 80 or something. He's still making like three movies a year, it seems. Every time I see a new movie, it's like Clint Eastwood. I was like... And Ridley Scott, too. You know, he takes... He's getting older, but he's still taking on these huge historical things or 
Uh, next, he's doing the two Alien prequels, like, oh, straight so... after this. Um, you know, he's he's amazing to me. He's, he's an alien, I just get excited. Yeah, and he's making the two pre- I mean, he's it's the guy who made the original Alien going back and making the prequels, which, pff, amazing. But um, he amazes me. I think he's a... I think he's a craftsman. I think he... I feel quality when I watch one of his movies. Every, all of them. And his brother, too. His brother's a different kettle of fish, but... Yeah. Um, when I see yeah you say when I see that Scott Free Productions um, logo, which incidentally doesn't even have the word Scott Free anymore, they don't need it. Just the picture, just the bird. Um, it, I know something. You good's get, the hair come. starts in. I haven't been disappointed by Ridley Scott at Have all. You not? No, not at all. Never. Um, I thought there was one in the last couple of years we saw, and we we're like, eh. no, I was a Tony Scott one, and that was a Pelham One Two Three, which was a bit flat. I thought, yeah. Um, but it, but <clears throat> there again, for a Tony, Tony Scott's different. Yeah, totally different. Yeah, he's more, he has his own style and thing, but he's not like Ridley, like Ridley Scott's super epic. Like Tony Scott's movies aren't epic necessarily, even though they're really good, right? Uh, sometimes style over substance. Lots of style. Yeah, Tony Scott, guts, Man on Fire, brilliant movie. Very brilliant. They're brilliant filmmakers, both of them, and, and Ridley Scott, this has not changed my mind. Do you think um, they're brilliant filmmakers or storytellers? I think both. Like, I, I almost think storytelling... I mean, I know that Ridley doesn't actually... Well, we saw him in these extras sitting down with a writer, yeah. getting his ideas across. Um, I know he doesn't actually write all these movies, but no, I think he's both. I mean, it's just... He's just... There's certain people in the movie business who... Because I think Clint Eastwood is a storyteller. Yeah. He's very economical. He's very to the point. He doesn't have a distinct... You can't say this is a Clint Eastwood movie by what it looks like. Right, because he's telling the tale of these people. That's it. I mean, they're fantastic. I mean, the ones I can think of off the top of my head, excellent. All of them that I know of. I I might have seen movies about him. Martin Scorsese, another one. You know... Um, He's more of a style as well. It tells stories, but there's a lot of style involved. And very good quality and very epic. Oh, I mean, epic on a so different... Who's, who's young that you think can fill those shoes? Maybe Paul Thomas Anderson? Exactly. Oh, he's awesome, except maybe the skirmish over this new one, but... Um, there are people. Um, now. Um, Do you think Faroe is one of those people? Is that his name? John Faroe? Favreau. No, Favreau. I, I don't know. No, I don't, I don't really. I see him more as a... Even when you go back to... Mm. It's money, I baby. I think Guillermo del Toro might be. I like his movies. He yeah. did Hellboy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I like Hellboy. I feel that he I don't care got, what anybody says. I'm going to stick by it. I loved Hellboy. Well, I mean, these these guys, Clint Eastwood, Ridley Scott... Um, They're going to be Scott dead says, one day, and we're going to need some people to fill That's what I mean, shoes. some people to fill the... But, you know, I, it doesn't change my mind about Ridley Scott. When he says Ridley Scott at the beginning, I kind of have an expectation of what I'm going to get, and that's what I got here. I, I was not disappointed, you know? So, but you were kind of, or? Um, I'm torn, because I really enjoy I love that it's long, and it's involved, and I really enjoy it, but then my mind gets muddled with the details of the truth versus fiction, which is my own fault, not his, Maybe just skirts the line a little too much because I haven't looked into it. And you don't have to, but that's my mind. You know, that's me looking at it. Um, 
Yeah, it doesn't and I know some people mood. will some people will watch it probably and be like, "Oh, what a lot of bullshit! Robin Hood at the head of some kind of defense of England. What a lot of crap! You know, throw him in the middle of ri- whatever." I mean, I don't think like that necessarily. I just maybe I feel like I don't want to get duped or feel confused, and so then I'm trying too hard. My brain is scrambling to think: Do I know this? Do I know what this is? Is this real? Is that not real? But I, I could have let it could have gone on for two more hours for me. Yeah, Not because I was loving it and thinking, oh my god, this is so awesome, but because I was really in it. Do you know what I mean? I could have gone on That's what and I'm saying. on. It, Every character was interesting. It Every looks scene spectacular. Was yeah. Every scene is like, I don't know where to look, there's so much stuff. Like, just down to the costumes, down to the horses, to the wide... He loves doing wide um, shots where there's a castle... And a castle's big, and you think it would fill a shot, but that's just like a tiny bit of a shot with a hundred men, like, in front of it. You know, it's really... I think my biggest complaint is, at the top, I mean, maybe I only have two or three, is that it's just, it's still very theatrical to me. I love the people in it, but it felt like they were very Mm. actorly at times. They do the job well, but it's almost like, because we all live in our minds, these Shakespearean sort of, this period for some reason in your mind is done in a certain way. And I just felt like Kate Blanchett, even though she's excellent, is there are moments when she's just a little too <clears throat> actressly or act. I don't know. Well, let's go into the cast because yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good, that's uh, good place segue. to do it. Uh, Russell Crowe plays Robin Longstride, uh, aka Robin Hood or Robin of the Hood. Or Robin of the Hood always reminds me of um, Crips and Bloods. You know the Hood. Um, anyway, Russell Crowe. I thought he was outstanding. I think he's a cocky bastard, probably. Um, but. You think he was outstanding? Yes, I really did. I, I, I think he was pretty generic in my mind. I loved him. I, I love him in Gladiator. I loved him in this. I like him a lot. And actually, that uh, movie we watched about the newspaper, yeah. I thought that was one of the better ones that I've seen him in. Better than um, this to me, for him. I think he was really good in this. Because I didn't feel like there was a lot of acting going on. Um, he, had, he had a really dodgy accent. Um, it was kind of funny, because I'm English. I mean, you might not pick up on it, but... Occasionally, he sounded like a scouser. Yeah. And it was really weird. Totally. But only for, like... Say he did, like, a sentence. Only three of the words would sound like a scouser. Then he'd be, like, Scottish. And then he'd yeah. be, like, English. It was weird. It was like... Where is Nottingham supposed to be? Or where is it? Is it... Does, does it exist? It's like the north of England. <laughs> does it exist? Of course it, of course it exists. <laughs> All the people in Nottingham now are... Oh, my God. Accent. I sound like such an idiot. I can't help it. That's All the people the, in Nottingham What I don't know now. about the world, I can fill the world with. <laughs> They're all throwing stuff at their iPods. <laughs> Um, like, why are we listening to her? She's an idiot. I've no, actually not... worked in Nottingham a couple of times. Um, anyway, it's North England. Okay, um, no, so is, we're skirting the Scouser slash Scotland. I mean, Scotland's up there and over there, whatever. Whoever was the dialogue coach for him just probably said merge a couple of these together because who knows how they spoke in that Yeah, days. true. Um, but it was just a little bit odd for me. Occasionally I was like, hold on a second, that's three accents in one sentence. That's really odd. And it could have been that way. Yeah, it could Plus, be. he traveled. He's yeah. been all over the world. He was just... He was, like, on his own as a child, and then he got mixed up with soldiering. It might have been intentional, much. but I, I'm thinking it is. I don't feel like Russell Crowe maybe feels like he needs a, a language coach anymore. Who knows? But for <laughs> me, he was just what... He just... It's like Russell Crowe walking around in a costume and giving lots of intense stares and... And he's great Trying giving, to be coy with Mary he, and occasionally... He's great at giving speeches. So, I think when you say he's awesome, I think that in my mind is inaccurate I think he just is what he is 
you plunk him in that outfit and with the bow. I mean, he works hard at that kind of stuff, like being good at shooting the bow. Um, the whole thing about him being extra fit and stuff, I didn't really get that. He looked just like he always looks, except in that generalist movie. He gained a lot of weight and he lost the weight, whatever. I feel like he was not phoning it in, because that sounds too cruel. But I mean, all he had to do was be there. Do some lines, a couple of fights. <laughs> I'm not trying to belittle no, it, but I, did, I, I, didn't, I think it's way above that. Um, I um, there was no meat to it, though. You could I mean, say that about Gladiator, but he fits in these parts really well, I think. But is, that's not good acting necessarily. I actually think he has a a command of the of the. Lines. Well, I agree with that, but I think that's him. I don't know if that's. Um... I can't take character. it away from him. I, I enjoy. Away from oh, him. Let me say, I enjoy watching him, especially in these type of roles, old like uh, historical. Yeah. Um, because of him, not because of how good he is. Yeah. Uh, Kate Blanchett plays uh, Marion, made Marion or Marion Loxley. Because mm-hmm. um, um, again, um, she she's a top class actress, right? Um, there's a lot of sub- she's substantial when she does things, and then when she breaks out. I mean, you got to think of a woman in like that a, time. It must have been hard. Yep. Yeah. And mean, she brings like a, a spunkiness to Marion. Um, I mean, they've they've geared Marion. Obviously, Marion was a well, if she existed, also yeah. was a um, spunky. But she gives it this. I'm, you know, I'm a hard. I never give up. Yeah, she's good. I, I, and I come across a lot, even without her saying things, you know? Just some of the looks she gives him. Or... Yeah, and see, that was where I felt like it was a little overly Kate Blanchett-ish for me. A I little feel, too actress I feel that scene where um, there was the sheep in the yeah. mud. I feel that that was added as the director's cut. I don't think that was... I yeah, felt like I could have done it, without it, that. It was a bit too cute for me. I actually <laughs> felt like it was extra. You know, yeah. like, I don't think it... I think it was part of the director's cut. Because, yeah, it did feel a bit... I mean, it brought the sheriff in and a little hint of uh, Robin wanting now to defend her against someone. I just, it just felt out of place a little bit. Yeah. When I was watching it, I was like, this is probably an added part, because... If you're not going to give me blood, guts, and gore and true grit, then don't give me coy little cute romantic moments, either. Yeah. And, um... I was thinking, if this really was a director's cut, maybe that section wouldn't have been in it, in mm-hmm. it like because it is. No, I think that'd be a crowd pleaser. It's quite so different to the rest be. of the tone of the movie, though. That's why it didn't gel for me. Like because, yes, there are some coy kind of things, but not much. Mm-mm. It's kind of he does There's enough though to get a little bit on my nerves because where that she, was inappropriate. This is where he goes into a bedchamber and she mm-hmm. makes him sleep with the dogs, and there's a few funny looks and stuff. But um, so I liked her. Um, when you say like I think I always like her yeah she's just like another one they're, they're too powerful a powerful lead and I feel though Kate Blanchett and if you run through your mind five movies she's done or however many and in your mind she's a character actress actor you can there is like meat to what she does each time she's built up a character she'd be does the mannerisms and there's a difference obviously she did Bob Dylan you know what I mean like so and she's been the queen Elizabeth Lord of the Rings Lord of the Rings she's like an elf chick elf witch or whatever she is there's a difference each time to me Russell Crowe except for the journalism guy I can't think of a difference between anything what was that other one with him the informant was that it yeah that one different too because he's Everything had to change about him. 
and he Body had the quirks and he had to do the things and the yeah those were his, those were the fat years we'll call yeah. it like you know because that really was really good in Body for of the, Lies though because he takes on a whole different demeanor in each one of those this gladiator is the same guy I mean let's be honest yeah. I'm not I, putting I, him down because he has, like you said, he commands the screen or whatever. But is that because he's Russell Crowe? Whatever. But Kate Blanchett, I always like her. Uh, so then I, we've got um, Max von Sydow as uh, Sir Walter Loxley. Um, who's good? Ming himself. Now him right? I liked. <laughs> what? He's oh, Emperor, Ming, Emperor yeah, Ming. yeah, yeah. Um, From Flesh, Gordon. And um, <laughs> also The Exorcist. Uh, from yes. The Exorcist. Um, yeah, he's awesome in this. I mean, how old is he? He was really, he was actually really good, very subtle, you know, blind old man, but still like with the rest, his commanding of like I'm just like oh watching everything he says and does. The, the cast is great. Yeah, that's one of the things about Ridley Scott. He can choose. He knows what will make his movie. Yeah. You know. Uh, so yeah, uh, Wh- uh, William Hurt, another big yeah name good as uh, William Marshall. I don't always like him, but in this, I use. He did a good British accent, I thought. You might disagree. The Prince guy did a good British accent. He's American. Mark Strong, a British guy. Uh, plays, I like him. Uh, he plays the bad guy, uh, Godfrey. Who Mark Strong uh, just played a bad guy recently in Kick-Ass. Um, and? He was the guy from Rock and Roller. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a friend of um, Guy Ritchie. Uh, oh, he was also in um, Sherlock Holmes. Yes. Um, so, yeah, he's a um, British... You could say up-and-coming actor, but I don't say up-and-coming actor. I say already-here actor. Yeah, I because, love uh, And he plays a really good bad guy. And it's like... I love that bad guy. Yeah. How he gets the mark on his face and, like... It kind of changes him, like, makes him really kind of bizarre, almost. Like, you think? Yeah, it's, it, it's like... That's a moment for him in his life where that happens to him. And when that guy says to him... Oh, that'll just make you more popular with the ladies or whatever. And then, like from then on, I, I feel like he's like even more evil. Like, and he Try also gets another he also gets all. another mark on him a bit later on, which because like, he'd already made he'd already made his bed. There's another mark in it. that gets him even more pissed off. But um, he uh, he's awesome. He's I the, think he's extremely sexy, and he's gonna. Uh, he's got those teeth, the shape of his teeth, and when he looks, and obviously oh, he, he is English, so he fits. Like, uh, there's no he doesn't have to learn an accent. He just speaks in the London accent, and he works. Um, so we've also got um, the Merry Men, uh, Kevin Durand as Little John, uh, aka Big John, because <laughs> he's not because Little John's Little John because he's really big. Um, he was good. I don't think he was like outstanding or anything, but there again, these three guys, or four guys, if you count Friar Tuck. Um, Friar Tuck's a famous guy. He is, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're all they, they're all famous guys, but they're supporting. No, the guy who plays ukulele has never been in a movie, and the other guy's not like a famous actor guy. The redhead? Kevin Durand was from uh, Little John Guy, was in Lost, for, so he is pretty famous. Um, he's, not to me. Um <laughs> He's in Lost. Yeah. Alan Doyle. Yeah, not in the years that you watched yeah, Lost. Yeah, no. Uh, Alan Doyle, um, yeah, he's a musician. Actually, never acted before. This was his first. And he played um, Alan A. Doyle. A. Dale. And Will Scarlet was played by Scott Grimes, who was also in... I looked him up. He's been in, like, TV shows. Brother at Arms, he said. Brothers in Arms, yeah. The uh, Steven Spielberg directed... Um, oh, I didn't see that. It was a HBO miniseries from, like, years I ago. I get you. Yeah. So um, they've all 
character actors of, apart from the musician guy. And the musician guy was actually really good. Very good. All three of them were fine. I mean... And, um... I think when Russell Crowe says he wanted, you know, no egos and stuff, and I said, yeah, you don't want somebody to outshine you. And that's truly what I believe. They're good. They're really good. And I love not knowing who people are. We could say Mark Strong would outshine Russell Crowe. You would say Marion outshined him a bit in Max von Sydow, which I think he has respect for those people. But when he's being surrounded by these other three dudes for most of the movie... I don't know this for a fact, but you, you know... You don't want Leonardo DiCaprio on one side of you, Brad Pitt on the other side. When you're Russell, I don't think when you're Russell Crowe, you know, <laughs> like and competing for uh, attention. And finally, got Oscar Isaac as uh, the, the King John, um, King John slash Prince John. Yeah, yeah. Um, good, was, really good. Yeah, I, I actually it's one of my favorites. Me too. Um, just because he played it, it's it's weird because he played it subtle. Yeah, over the top at the yes, same time. Yes, it was. It which was is, like, really hard to do, I think. And it made me really wonder the, um, how, you know, when you do put someone in charge of an entire country who has no political experience, they're no only ex- there because... He actually has no experience Because they're someone's son, anything. and if they are an impetulant, demanding, uh, selfish kind of person... They're not instantly going to become not that, you know? So in his, it was like he was torn between the... I mean, he still got his mother, who's the queen, there with him. Does she stay? She stays the queen, right? Just because her son becomes king. You're still the queen. Yeah. See, another thing I sound like I'm stupid, but, you know, like, you don't displace the... Like, the queen doesn't just become the mother of no, the king. No, no, no. You're always the queen. Okay. Until you die. <laughs> and then, then the wife of the king will become... What if he gets married while you're alive? What are you if you're, you're not the, the queen. queen? No, you're still the She's queen. She's not the queen then until you die. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. If I marry a king, I'm going to be the queen. <laughs> you're just the king. I don't care if his mother is still alive or mm-hmm. not. I am the queen. Actually, I actually, come to think of that, you would be the queen because she'd be the queen mother. Uh, or would she? Exactly. No, she wouldn't be your mother, would she? No. She'd be a mother-in-law, so... Queen mother-in-law? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? No, I, th- I don't think you become the queen until the queen is gone. Like, Oh, that'd piss me off. If my goal was to be queen, so I married some asshole just yeah. to be queen, but his mother's, like, well, hanging yeah. around? Actually, yeah. If Charlie, in England now, Charlie, mm-hmm. is married, well, um, and his m- mother... she. So, ah, see, yeah. Camilla's not the queen. Yeah, I, but he's not the king. So why isn't he the king? He's not the king yet, is he? Because yeah, but we don't have a king. If there's a queen, okay, we're going off topic here. She's the queen, the woman that we saw, the mother of yep. Lionheart and the impetulant little John guy. So the son was the king, but she's the queen. That guy dies. This guy becomes the king. I don't understand how it works, I guess. Well, you'll have to look it up. Because uh, it changes, I believe. It, I, I, I think it changes depending on the situation. Because mm. um, if you look at the Queen of England today, Queen Elizabeth, mm-hmm. you know, she... Is the Queen. And has a husband who is not the King. Right. Right, so, I'd, you know. And then when Charlie becomes the King, her son... His woman won't become the queen. Can she decide while she's alive 
you I don't are now, know how it works. You're now the king. I don't want to be going. Yeah, want to be she in can. Yeah. Anymore. yeah, she can. She can do that. It's so much easier when you just vote for a president. <laughs> well, you know. Royalty is very me. confusing. Anyway, yeah, so um, this directed this is directed by Ridley Scott. We don't I have to mention him. Mentioned him yeah. He uh, also directed things like Gladiator, Alien, Black Hawk Down. Oh, you, you can't. Even... I think Alien's at top of that heap for me. Um, there's a lot. Look at his catalogue of movies, and there'll be ones in there that you didn't realize were directed by him. Mm. And you'll be like, none of them are bad. Right. Like they're really not. Like he's like a Spielberg type of guy. Like it's. Like a body of work that, you know, when he dies, everybody will go, there's a, there's a filmmaker to go down in history, you know? But not until he dies. Oh, already. <laughs> Who will be King Scott when he dies? How many, how many Oscars <laughs> will is Will become he? the king well, of the... Tony, probably. <laughs> He's his brother. Oh, you're right. Uh, so, um, we looked at the Blu-ray release of this movie, um, and I was... Do you like this cover? It's a picture of Russell Crowe um, knocking his arrow and... Uh, I'm neutral. I don't care about covers anymore unless it's something really interesting. And um, it's a three-disc uh, set, Blu-ray, DVD, and digital copy. Um, it's kind of weird, this. Uh, but yeah, this does have quite a few features on here. Um, first off, it has... Uh, if you watch the... There's the theatrical and the unrated version, but if you look at just the theatrical version, it has this thing called Director's Notebook, which is... Normally, it's you control on a... Um, Universal disc, but they've knocked the new control on the head for this release, and it's just a what would you say, like a documentary slash. You're watching the movie, uh, and all of a sudden the movie kind of shrinks up into a little picture in the corner, and it keeps going. And in the meantime, you have like a still gallery, maybe over to the left in the little box, whatever how big your TV is. <laughs> that depends on how big it is. And but, then, a, and then, then uh, over in the other one, you have like the making of, and over the top, you know, like interviews. behind the scenes. And over the top, you have him, Scott talking or whoever. And it was quite, I love it without having to control it. That's so much better. Yeah, it's good. And you can click the button to actually make the image galleries come up bigger if mm. you want to. There's a button at the bottom. But um, yeah, it's basically you control without having to fiddle. You just want Yeah, it. and that's kind of what we'd always wanted. Yeah. yeah I, the only I, thing that's think... missing is a list. Yeah, because you have to sit and watch the whole yeah, thing to like get everything. What we, whatever, what what movie had that where we loved it that we could watch every single that thing was, individually? Um, Alice in Wonderland, Prince, in, Prince of Persia, right? Where you could just it was all you could watch it like this, and then it ticked them off when you or yeah, it. or you could go through and handpick. So that was the only thing missing from that. And it, but a really good feature, and it means like if you did what like us watch the unrated version, you can go back and watch the theatrical version with Ridley Scott's um, commentary. It's a video commentary basically. And see the differences. See what, which scenes were missing. Because you will notice mm-hmm. if you've just watched it. Um, then there is The Art of Nottingham, which is a portfolio of everything, right? Literally everything. Was it? The Art of Nottingham. It was like, there oh, was yeah, so yeah, yeah. much of it. Like, yeah, yeah, it, the music like, and the costumes and all that stuff. And then lists of photographs from yeah. from all kinds of, like, from the storyboards to the... Um, Costumes. Continuity yeah. pictures to all kinds. So if you like looking at pictures, there's a lot of pictures. Um, high def features, deleted scenes, which there are quite a few of, with uh, introduction and commentary by the editor, um, Pietro Scalia. Uh, pretty good. Uh, the deleted scenes that we we didn't see them all because there's a lot. Yeah. But we watched the one about Marion... Getting mm-hmm. into her armor, which was kind of cool. And what was the other one? Because it was good, that second one. I don't remember. Oh. 
second uh, one? I don't remember, to be honest. Let me think. Second one was... It's near the top. <laughs> I'm sure this is riveting to listen to you think about. Oh, I don't know. But they, there's like... I'd, I'd say there was 12, 13 different deleted scenes. You can listen to the guy talk about them or not. And play um, all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are deleted scenes that weren't even included in the long version, which means he did film a lot of stuff. Yes. Um, then there's, uh, yeah, unrated and theatrical version. And what else is there? Oh, there's also, and this is the probably the hugest thing, a one hour, 30 minute documentary. Yeah. Which is called Rise and Rise Again, the making of Ridley Scott's Robin Hood, which is split into like pre-production, production and post-production. Um, and it's one of those fly-on-the-wall, cameras on the set. And interviews. It's good. It's really good. Um, unfortunately, it was in... Uh, this being a Blu-ray disc, it was in standard definition, um, an odd aspect ratio where we had to mess with it. Which is odd on a Blu-ray disc, because it's... One of the things about Blu-ray discs is it's supposed to maintain the aspect ratio for you, but this one didn't. Oh, they rarely do. Yeah, I know. It's really uh-huh. weird, because that was one of the big things about Blu-ray discs, that they're encoded with the signal that tells your TV to be... But then it never does. Maybe it's because we're watching on a projector. Well, it's essentially a TV Or inside. PS3, I mean. I don't know. But anyway, I stretched the screen and it was fine. Um, it's a nice documentary, too, if you like. Very nice. Yeah, good. The, it goes into all kinds of stuff. Shows you... I feel like I know it now, though. Like, you know, when they have these big epic movies like this, like Gladiator or Braveheart, where it always shows you that big tent with all the weapons and shields. Yes, and there's yes. a guy... Like, I feel like I've seen that so many times now. Especially from Lord of the Rings, we watched the epic all, making of all those things. Yeah, that yeah. thing was like 15 hours long. We now, as soon as you see it, you're like, okay, we know. There are people sitting there. give them tickets. They go <sighs> in. Somebody's back there making them. We get it. I mean, it's fascinating if, you're, if you've never seen it before. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a good edition of the movie. It's actually um, awesome sound visuals. It's Ridley Scott. Um, looks really good on Blu-ray. It's one of the movies where, like, you will notice every single chainmail link, the whole thing. It looks... I did have some issue with voices, mostly in the beginning. I think... Some, you know what? Bit. I also think that was. The, the added scenes in the director's cut. So you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, there I were do. times when the voices Fuzzy. were um, muddled, mm-hmm. and you could tell, like, there was one scene where Kate Blanchett was... The voice we heard was what they recorded in the moment yeah. on the... She's standing on the ground by a horse, and you could tell it. That's what. That's the audio they used, and the other person she's talking to is looped, and it's kind of muddled. And I actually think I was like I'm thinking, am I actually going deaf? Because it's like it's not that bad, but I mean, it's muddled versus just a couple hers. of times, not a lot. Yeah, but I, I got the feeling that it was like this director's cut had added footage that wasn't fully. Ah. They had to re-record some stuff or something. Seems like movies we have that a lot. Mr. Editor needs to pay closer attention. No, it doesn't. It, but spectacular visuals, and it's one of yes. those movies where you need the widescreen display, and, you, and high def really helps because it's it's like you can't even understand how much attention to detail these costumes have. It's crazy. Um, so uh, overall, I'm I'm amazed by Robin Hood. Are you? Amazed is a strong word. But I, I enjoyed it. I thoroughly. would watch it again. I will it watch goes it again. there with Gladiator for me as a, oh, I disagree a, a Ridley with Scott film, almost like a Kingdom of Heaven. This one and um, Gladiator 
fit together as Ridley Scott's history movies. I didn't see the other one. You didn't see Kingdom of Heaven? Uh-uh. With uh, Orlando Bloom? No. No, it's, you, you need to see that then. Because that is... Um, Along on the paths of this, it's about. Like, I think I, mean, I don't know. Maybe my gut's just not in it, and whatever the elements didn't come together to make me have that rousing ah feeling. But I would watch it again. Definitely. I love this going on my shelf next to my Gladiator. It's like I love it. Um, I it's hope not to see alphabetical order. I hope to see more. Um, <laughs> it won't go next to Gladiator. I was gonna say I hope to see more Russell Crowe, um, Ridley Scott collaborations because I'm. But it'll just be the same. If it'll be it's something different. It's not the same. No. no, it's not the same. He's the same, I said. Not the movie. Yeah, but he's exactly... I love it, what he does. So, <laughs> that's, so do it again. It's good. Um, so thanks to Universal for the discs. And uh, if you want to enter a contest to win a DVD, not Robin Hood, but some other DVDs, go to our site, aschoolie.com, and see the site for details. Uh, next week's DVD will be a Get Him to the Greek uh, Blu-ray uh, release. Um, not looking forward to that. I love Russell Brand, so I, I, Russell I am Brand. looking forward to it a lot. And to be honest, the Aloysius Snow character from Forget uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, um, I really loved. So yeah. I will like to see his adventures, if you know what I'm saying. Because I know it'll be... F- Even if you don't like the other guy, I, don't. I know Russell Brand will be funny. Yes, because I agree. we've seen him in stand-up. Everything I've seen with Russell Brand, I've laughed at. So he's just got this weird... I've also um, read some of his book, which is very funny also. It's just got away with words. That's what it is. Like, he, he like uses like words that nobody else uses. And it just comes across as like, kind of pompous, but funny at the same yeah, time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, get into the Greeks next week's review on Blu-ray. Um, my movie recommendations for this week, I went with... Well, this is going to be a shock to everyone. Just hold on to your seats. Right. You'll be totally shocked. I went with Gladiator, <laughs> which is awesome. And I also went with Prince of Thieves. Now, I don't think Prince of Thieves is an amazing movie, but it's like my second favourite Robin Hood telling. At the time, I bet you did. I did. And that song, that bloody song that was on all the time. (sighs) But no, I I still like it. It's just very of its time, right? Very, yes. Whereas this is very of its time, too. That's that's a very 2010 movie, I would say. You reckon? But you keep comparing it to Gladiator, so it's... No, where we try and, like... Nowadays, make things more gritty and real, and not like in the eighties. Was it the eighties or nineties? Um, Prince of Thieves, nineties probably. Early nineties. Kind of romanticized. Ham, humming it up slightly, like more of a. And I still feel, feel that with good, this one, feel so. good time kind of thing. Whereas this is more of like in the dirt. It's a little more. Um, Obviously, this Robin Hood guy, he's not Mr. Nice Guy. He was on the Crusades as a soldier, plundering across whatever territory they did, killing and maiming and stealing and in the name of some stupid king. So he's not a good, he has no good history. Whereas the King of Thieves, or Prince of Thieves. Well, you could say that's good, fighting for your country. (laughs) He wasn't fighting for his country. I know. He was fighting for a king that was crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's actually quite good that um, how that occurs yeah, um, with the stocks and stuff. So I, yeah. I love that. It's pretty good. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. Prince of Thieves and Gladiator I'm going for. And mine are, because I wanted to think of, excuse me, other movies that kind of mix fiction with some history that might have confused me at the time. This is a funny way to find a recommendation, but something like Saving Private Ryan, which mixes fiction and truth you know i mean the characters are not real but the they tell about surges and um 
in you know, I mean, the battles and stuff. As far as I know, you've got the storm in the beach at Normandy and all that, right? That was real, but they put a fictional person in there. Oh, yeah. And uh, Troy, which I'm sure a lot of people don't love, but it's also touching on myth or legend and the reality of governments and kings and pharaohs and shit like that taking over land and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I liked Troy, to be honest, so. I didn't necessarily I mean, I didn't think it, it wasn't like rousing, but it was really interesting to me because it piqued my interest in that. And so I liked it. Well, Alexander, who, who directed that? I don't remember. It wasn't really Scorsese or somebody like that, wasn't it? No. The other guy. <laughs> it was somebody intense really that you Scott, like. I don't think so. I don't know, though. I could have swore there was a Ridley Scott movie that you were like, oh, that's not my, that's not my Ridley Scott. <laughs> what happened to him? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Mm. Well, somebody can look it up. He didn't do Troy, did he? No, that okay. was like that. That was the guy who did Master and Commander, I think. Master and Commander was a good one with Russell Crowe. Yeah, that was that, a specific. See, that's another one where Russell Crowe fits in. Like I say, like the old. He doesn't just fit in, though. He makes a character. He makes need of that's a good. character. Yeah. yeah, I would. I would say that was one of Russell Crowe's best. You, you know, that's thinking thinking about it now, that is a movie where you feel filthy at the end of it. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And you feel like you might have a bit of scurvy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Um, what I wanted to do this week, I've got a bunch, because we've been away for two weeks, of A. Scully stuff. But because you've got some stories to tell, and I don't want this to run for like seven hours, um, I'm going to split it up. I'm just going to mention some things I've been playing, and then talk about them a bit more next week. So, I've been playing Halo Reach, which is the new Halo game. Uh, enough said about that, the better. Didn't like it at all. Didn't even get through it. Oh, man. Um... Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions, which is the new Spider-Man game, which I think I mentioned a little bit last time, but um, I played more of it now. Uh, too cheeky. What the hell? Yeah, from what, what I can Like, tell. every single line... It, it, um, Neil Patrick Harris does the voice of uh, Spider-Man, and it's just a wisecracking Spider-Man that makes a joke out of every single thing. And then also makes the same joke over and over because the, they only recorded a few things and then it just repeats. Aww. So it's kind of annoying. Um, and these are the ga- other games I've been playing, which I won't mention this week. I will tell you what I felt about them next week. Mafia 2 had um, some downloadable content, which happens to be a whole new story with a new character. Um, so I have been playing that. It's called Mafia 2 Jimmy's Vendetta. I'll talk about that next week. I've been playing a lot more StarCraft 2. talk about that next week. Um, Dead Rising 2. been playing some of that. Talk Zombies. about that Talk about that next week. Yeah, zombies. Um, Guitar Hero 6, Warriors of Rock. Been playing some of that. I'll talk about that well, next week. Pick one of them that you want to talk about at least. That first one I talked about. Uh, Civ 5. I've also been playing Civ 5. And is is the thing I'll talk about, a little story, um, which is kind of weird but good at the same time. I needed a new video card. I ordered a new video card. One of the new GeForce GTS 450s from Newegg. It arrived... I opened the box. They sent me the wrong card. Oh dear! But not the wrong. They sent me the wrong card. They sent, but they sent me a GTX 460, which the GTS 450 is a hundred and thirty dollar card. That was what I ordered. The GTX 460 is a two hundred and twenty dollar card. So I uh, 
kept it and paid the difference. Didn't they? Didn't oh, they sent me the wrong one? And well, that's true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, just, yeah. Actually, I was pissed when I opened the box because I researched the GTS 450. It was highly recommended. I bought the GTS 450, and I opened the box and I saw in massive letters GTX 460. I was like. That's not what I ordered, and was pissed. Your first thought was, did they charge me too much? Yeah, <laughs> I looked at the invoice, I looked at, I was like, no, they didn't, they charged me for a GTS 450, let me just see what this GTX 460 is before I send it back. And then I looked, and I was like, it's almost twice as powerful as the one I ordered. Uh, okay then, thank you very much. So that automated arm in the warehouse. That uh, and this up. has happened to me more than once, remember. Remember, I, I wore RAM once. And yeah. they're in those little flat packs. We got and two we opened stuck up together. And there were two total... I mean, you couldn't even tell it was two. They were and so stuck together. I ordered a Sony memory stick uh, for my PSP. And it was one of those flat packs. And there was stuck two together. stuck together. So it's Because happened. in those places, they have like an automated arm that yeah. just reaches out and grabs and stuff. Now, a GTX 460 and a GTS 450, it's very similar. In fact, the box kind of When it read thing. this barcode or whatever just grab the one. well it was just one of those things that dropped in my advantage yeah. So, um, um, so yeah that was my little story so all those other games I've mentioned which are all exciting games probably for you lot to <laughs> hear about I will talk about next week because the people get... who want to listen to you talk about that aren't the people who want to listen to me talk about my thing well we're at an hour and four minutes so Sid talk um, <laughs> welcome back thank you uh, we missed you I missed you. You did? Yes. Uh, and you were, you went to Germany on a trip. I did. Um, our listeners would like to hear some stuff about Germany. So you've cherry-picked some stories, right? I, uh, in my mind? All right. Go yes. On. Go ahead. I want to start by saying this about traveling. First, I traveled with my mother, and it was very pleasurable. My mother and I get along very well. I mean, we get on each other's nerves, I think, because we're very... We're different and we're alike, but that was a good thing. Um, but my first thing is... I had to, and I'll explain why, but when I approach the discussion of this trip, I have to separate the trip, the Germany part of it, which is awesome, from the personal part. Because we, when we went, we went to stay with a friend of my mother's who she didn't know super well, but had emailed and had met her and she'd come to America under whatever circumstances. Mom knew her daughter and then the, they got to be friends. I have to separate the pleasure and satisfaction of going to another country and the travel from the, um, I don't know how to describe it. I can either choose to sugarcoat it. Mm. No, I don't think you should. And, or lie about it. I can avoid it. No. Or I can just tell my honest interpretation and that's what I do yeah, because yeah, yeah. I don't lie. I don't, I'm not going to tiptoe around it because I don't give a shit about the honest part. The on, if, you're more on, if you're honest about it, it's actually more interesting. So. It's, way, it's very <laughs> interesting. And, you know, if it wasn't, the good thing is I was with my mother. So it's not just me with my own wild interpretation or anything. It was both of us there to experience the, the whole of it. So. I will say our travels in Germany, we went and um, where we stayed was at this lady's house and it was near Frankfurt in a little town called Carbon. And from what I understand, over the years, some cities kind of like gobble up the little towns near them and they become part of that sort of not county. I don't even know what it is, but it's pretty close to Frankfurt where we got went flew into Frankfurt and then stayed in Carbon, which is kind of it's kind of down to the left or whatever frankfurt down over there and from there we drove down to munich and then all the way down to bavaria and then all the way into austria and 
one of the funny things about the truth of the matter is when we went to Austria, we had gone to a castle in Bavaria and it was pretty cool and everything. And you're in Bavaria, you know, it's like, it just sounds like I say it casually, but you realize I'm in a whole different part of the world. And to me, that's really awesome. I mean, I can't express to you how much I love traveling. I love flying. I love the airport. I love sitting on the plane. I love the nine hour flight. I love the seven hour flight. I love the driving, the riding, all of the traveling part. I love it. I love watching TV and having no clue what they're talking about. I don't. About. I'd rather have a teleporter that teleports me. Right, not me. I love the journey of it. it. I love the journey of it all. I love the time that it takes to all of it. That's just me. Because to me, that makes me feel satisfied that I've been somewhere. Okay? And my mother is the same. We both love walking down a street... Anywhere, when we're in Frankfurt, we're in Munich, we're in Hamburg, we're in these cities with markets, and we went down one of the rich streets, I guess, in Frankfurt or Hamburg or wherever, where they have, like, Chanel and Louis Vuitton and all that shit. Well, we don't buy any of that, but just walking down that street and observing and walking slowly and kind of looking and whatever, we love that. The lady who was our hostess is not a journey type of a person. She's also a very cheapskate kind of person, in my mind. This is my interpretation. And our going down to Bavaria, and then she wanted us to see Austria, right? The Swiss, the Alps, not the Swiss Alps, but the Alps are there, and it's beautiful. We're like, oh, we're, we just drove into another country to us. That's kind of odd, because we live in the middle of America. You know, I mean, you don't just drive into another country from here. Generally speaking, if you're in England, like me, you yeah, can drive just, into many yeah. and so the con- mom and I are like, oh, hello, Austria, you know, like that kind of weird touristy thought, I guess it is. But, um, so what do we do in Austria? We drove for a few minutes, we drove into a parking lot of a Lidl store, L I D L, which is our equivalent of like a Dollar General or some kind of grocery store with the Dollar General type of vibe, or yeah, Lidl's Aldi, all over your- or Aldi. We went in there because this lady only buys her generic diet Coke-type beverage at these stores because it's two fucking cents cheaper or whatever it is. So we went there, and every single time we stopped anywhere, a gas station, a grocery store, or anything like this, which is another part of the story, she would tell us whether we were allowed to get out or not. You can come in with me. You can stay in the car. This is the tone. And and it wasn't because she's German. You know, I would never say that. Because I was around a lot of German people. Very friendly. Some people were pretty, you know, just like they are everywhere else. Friendly or not or whatever. This was her personality. You can stay in the car. I will be... I want this to be fast or I'm going to be fast because she she was a... So she goes in in the store. We're in Austria. We're meant to sit in the car. Stay in the car. She wants to go in the store, get her soda, come out, and then we're going to leave, which is what she did. I get out of the car because I'm like, fuck this, man. I'm going to take pictures. I'm, there's mountains all around me. I don't see mountains every day. I'm out of the car taking pictures, and I get barked at. I'm, we're going, we're going, we're going, we're going. So I get back in the car, and then we drive back out of Austria. That was why we went to Austria. Not to show us Austria. Because she knew in 10 miles there was a Lidl, and that's where she wanted to get her soda. <laughs> funny yeah exactly at the time it doesn't feel funny because you're like what do you what is your deal but that was just one of many moments of 
tyrannical hostessing. That's what I'm going to call Like, absolutely. We will wake up at this time. We'll have breakfast at this time. We're going to leave at this time. Don't get out of the car. You have five minutes. Please shut your door. Please put on your seatbelt. Why are you sitting there? Why are mm. you standing there? Why are you up 15 Don't minutes early? That. Why are you up 15 minutes early? We're not leaving for now. Now you're up early and now I have to adjust for this. And we're like, but we're trying to be ready for you every day. It was regimented scheduling. You know me. I don't like schedules. And my mom eventually said to her about on the eighth day, you know, we're, we're here on vacation. We're here to relax. And she said, you're not here to relax. You're here to see Germany. So that's kind of the tone of things. There was lots of tension and it was, it's difficult to describe. Can you say, what was the thing? What was the, I wasn't going to mention Hitler. Oh my in, God. In a German thing. Well, just listen. <sighs> yeah, I, yeah. I wasn't going to mention Hitler in a German thing, but she said something to you about yes, Hitler. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> At day, we were there for 10 days, and on day 9 in the morning, we came up for break. And in the in the, the trip also, I mean, like I said, there's a separation here, but what keeps dominating our my conversations and my retelling is the absolute emotional oppression and this bark, 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 because bark, bark. Because it's actually funny when you reflect. It on, is. Yeah. When, yeah. Because you're adult. <laughs> yes. like, even at the time, I had to keep reminding my mother, even though I was pissed off. A lot. You know I have little tolerance for people. And I don't know people shit. I don't care if you let me stay in your house. I don't care if you're driving me everywhere. I can pay for that myself. I can stay in a hotel. I can get a cab. I can rent a car. I don't owe you anything. You offered it, but with a price. And that was to be her, like, little American puppets or something. I don't even know. I don't know. And she wasn't cruel or anything. I don't she's just, anything. she's really severe. She and was just she's being very her in, way, and yes. you, you were that. She's very in, I, in introverted anyway, lady. The Hitler thing. On the 10th, the 9th day or whatever, she said, um, We need to have a discussion. And Cindy, please don't interrupt me. And that's my name, Cindy. It's not Sid Duck, surprisingly. <laughs> uh, do not interrupt me. I want to finish what I have to say. And I'm like, okay, I'm eating my toast. And I'm like, oh, good. Because I don't, I don't have a problem with confrontation. But after eight days of the tension and seeing my mother feel like she was being... And she was very rude to my mother a lot. My mother's 69. This lady's 61. And she would constantly say to my mother... My mom would ask her a question or something. She'd say, Sandra, Sandra, do not speak to me right now. I am concentrating on the road. And she, she drives like she can't think... Oh, it's crazy to watch this person. But... She's rude to my mother often, telling her where to stand, where to sit, what to do. No, we don't have time for that. No, we're not going to do that. Why do you want a cup of coffee? We have coffee at home. My mom's like, well, we're leisurely walking down the street that has loads of awesome cafes. I would like to just go in and sit in a German cafe. Of course you was, would. That was not... You're on al- vacation. And that, I can say this with all confidence. It was not allowed. There were even times, if we wanted to do something, she sat in the car and wanted nothing to do with it. She didn't go, oh, okay, sure, I'll go in with you, or I'll go over there with you. She'd sit in the car with her head down. And when we got back, it was like, are you done now? Can we go? That kind of thing. And I just felt like, to me, I don't care. Like, because I'll, I'll lash out at you, or I'll just get away if I can. But with watching my mother and knowing my mother wanted everything to be pleasurable, and, and my mom's a very optimistic and happy kind of a person, you know, and I just saw day after day, and I heard a lot of this. <sighs> This is my mother releasing that that valve of tension on constantly, or my mother would just cross her arms and put her head around and look around and just like she was locking her. I don't know. It was really hard. It's really hard to describe. So on this day, when she decided she's going to finally, 
After all these days of tension and tension and having driven for four days with her daughter and the daughter's boyfriend in a vehicle, in a little Renault vehicle, like a little SUV kind of thing, little tiny thing. But, I mean, it fit us fine. But we were all crammed in there for four days going. We drove eight hours there and two hours over there and six hours back and all together every day, all day, which was kind of suffocating for anybody, I think. But um, And they're pleasant. They're very pleasant, both of them. But... um. There was always a lot of tension, and they all spoke German. They would speak German to each other for like three hours or two hours of the trip without asking us anything or conversing with us. And my mom and I would kind of giggle or talk to each other, and every once in a while we'd look at each other and be like, just shrug our shoulders. Like, it just seemed really rude. Yeah, Not that I have to understand the no, whole conversation, it but it wasn't even like... If they can also she didn't, speak English. Yeah, if I was driving guests for six hours, every I would say before we get in the car... Um, every hour, I will make a huge effort for us to stop, go to pee, get a would. beverage. Anybody would. And Anybody. If, and, and I would start the, the trip by saying, and I'm not the best hostess, trust me. I'm not, that, I'm not that nice and sweet or anything. But this is practical, and like you want everyone to have a good time. I would say, if you have to pee, if you want to drink, me. if you want to stop and take pictures of something you're looking at, all you got to do is say, hey, Cindy, can we stop? And I will stop. I'm not on some kind of, like, like a game. I felt, this is what I felt like telling you. You know those games that you say you're just on a track and you're just shoot, 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 and there's no options to do anything else? That's what it was like. Yeah. like on rails. I had my camera. You have to see, I took 2,200 photos. This okay. was sort of my But get to Hitler. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the listeners, about 20, 10 minutes ago, we mentioned Hitler, and you still haven't Oh, there's just so much. Hitler. Um, and we did not. Uh, another thing, Hitler. Hitler. We didn't. We didn't go to any um, World War Two things or anything like that. Because my mom and I decided we just want to see Germany. Right. Other stuff. You know, we think we know enough about that. Maybe. So she's telling <laughs> us. Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, as much as you know maybe about not. Them. True. Very true. <laughs> um, so she says, "I've got to tell you this." She said, "From the moment your mother told me you would be coming with her." I remembered back to the meal that we had, which was about two years ago, at my mother's house in America, obviously. And she said, I was afraid for you to come because you are a dominant person. You're very, you like to be the center of attention all the time. And I was like, eating my toast, I'm not disagreeing because I'm not a bullshitter. I'm like, I, yeah, I get it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was thinking back to that conversation and I wasn't the only one speaking, but clearly her interpretation was... Because there were like six people at the table and we were talking about dieting and all this kind of stuff and whatever. So I'm like, okay, no, I, that's fine. I, you, you know, I get it. And my mom, <laughs> just, my mom's like mama bear. Like she'll give us shit, you know, into my brother and sisters and my, about our personality. And she'll tell us we're full of shit and don't act like that and don't be a child and blah, blah, blah. You know, like she'll tell us. But if someone else starts to point out even the truth about us, she's she set up straighter in her chair she crossed her legs, she put her hands in her lap, she stopped drinking her tea, and she's listening, and I could see her nose, her nostrils were flaring, like, don't start talking about my daughter, you know, and I'm like, and I'm like, no, it's fine, it's fine, I totally, I agree, you know, I can seem that way, and she said, and then we went on this trip with um, uh, the daughter and the boyfriend of the daughter, she said, you um, occupied him, his time. You know, like Hitler occupied Poland, but not like a war or anything. You just occupied him. And I was like, <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, 
You're trying to be. She's saying it in this very nice, kind of calm voice, because which she never used before. Somebody. Yeah, because he's the only one who would speak to us in the car. Right. Literally, she was so irritated the whole time with me. Or then we find out through this conversation, it was me the whole time. She didn't want me to come. She feels I talk too much. I talk too fast. I dominate the conversation. Which is an awesome thing to say to a visitor. It is. I mean, I like that kind of shit. Yeah, but it's not, is it? No, of course not. not. Nobody should behave like that. No, it's just like, (laughs) and she was just, and my mom was just like, now listen here. I mean, she wasn't rude. My mom was like, now listen. You know, I've taught my children to be independent and think for themselves and say what they think. And yes, Cindy's a very dynamic person. All you had to do was tell me you didn't want her to come. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, but then you wouldn't have come. And mom's like, no, you're right. Because I would have learned kind of like... You know, would have figured out the kind you're of not. Person that yeah, to deal with. and that would have you know the the benefit for us is we got to see Germany, which is absolutely awesome. I would never take that away from us, and I think I'm so I'm grateful for us to have that experience. And anyone else would say, "Well, you're very ungrateful. This lady gave you a place to stay, and she drove you all over. No, and she made no. all these plans." No, you know why? Because I'm not like that. Actually, it's let like, me let me tell a story. I call I called you one oh, yeah. day, and um, when I called you. I called you, I, I used Skype, but called their telephone. She answered the phone and then went to go and get you. And as she was... She was downstairs and had to carry the phone As upstairs. she was walking with the phone in her hand, she was mumbling something about, they better not be speaking long, I need this telephone. So then she gives the telephone to you, I heard all that, and then I'm talking to you. And then literally, like, two minutes into our conversation, you said, I have to go now. Like, as though you had to put the phone down that very instant. You couldn't and even you say And you heard her say, like, I need this phone right now. And the phone was kind of snatched out of your hand, right? Literally. Um, and I was... As I, I was trying to hit the off button and say goodbye to you. You didn't even taken. say goodbye. I was like, okay, then. <laughs> and that was, you know, the other, other topics about my... That, so the thing is that she was didn't like my personality, necessarily, from the brief encounter, the brief dinner that we had... And, of course, my mom's summation after that, because we talked, we had you know, lots of travel time after, because when we left, she said, you know, she wants to be, she talks nonstop. And I can talk a lot, and I've been accused of that in the past. I do not deny it. I will talk over people. I will be talking, 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 and sometimes unless you stop me. But as soon as you're saying something I'm interested in, I'll listen to you. If you're not saying something I'm interested in, I might keep talking just to keep you silent. That is the honest to God's truth. I just don't have that much interest in other people, but I admit it, right? So the whole problem with her, our whole first eight days was she felt like I... And she also said my emails beforehand were demanding. And they were, because I saw those emails. And she got wires crossed. Yes, she interpreted, because when I said to her... uh, but that would have helped I, I would love to see an art gallery. Yeah, I would love to see art galleries. Um, my husband and I don't eat meat, and I've just been looking up, and, you know, Germany has a lot of vegetarian restaurants and blah, blah, blah. And in those same emails, I would say, you know, for my mom and I, all we care about doing is maybe sitting on your back porch and drinking some wine, drinking some beer. We don't have to go anywhere. We don't... I'll eat anything, because I'm not, like... You know, I'm not opposed to trying eating meat or anything. I've done it my whole life. It's just, you know, so whatever whatever is fe- is excellent. Don't worry about making plans. I said it over and over. But what she heard was, and she told me, you were demanding that I find you vegetarian restaurants and that I take you to art galleries. And this was not my wish because I was not, you were not 
my guest. Like, your mother was my guest. She didn't want to accommodate you. No, and she also told us we talk and think a lot about food, and she had no plans for food. We were to eat the bread and the lunch meat out of packets every day in the car or at her house. And we, even my mother was like, on the fifth day, she's like, I am going to a restaurant. I don't give a shit. I even said that. She said, We'll get a cab. We'll do whatever we got to do. We're going to go to a restaurant. You're growing people. I know, but you know, with your own money. It's not like you're asking her to buy your meal. Exactly. And I was ready. If she hadn't set us down for this little discussion that day, I was going to go to a hotel in Frankfurt and spend the last two days, like, on my own and then just meet him at the airport. And not in a vicious way, just like maybe you two need time to yourselves and it would be better because I didn't even know it was me that was the problem. And then on that day, from the time she told us that, I just kind of stayed out of every conversation. We went to dinner one more time with the daughter and the boyfriend. And I actually intentionally, and you know me, I don't do this. I told my mom, I said, I just won't, I won't, because with the the young man, she felt like we were talking to him too much. Didn't she tell you? He works in television. He works in a television station. He loves movies. He loves American music and American American movies and um, some music, you know, that I kind of recognized him mentioning and stuff. And he's a young man. He's 26 years old. It felt, and he was very friendly, and he was very, like, laid back and, like, kind of funny. And so the woman wasn't very, like, you'd ask her a question or say, like, anything. You know, like, if I said, if my mom said to me, oh, I'd really love to have a cup of coffee. My mom's not the type to say to the lady, I would like to go get a cup of coffee. So I would say, is there any chance we can, like, stop for a cup of coffee? And she'd get irritated she would say, no, we've got this to do or that. To, or she just wouldn't really acknowledge it. Wasn't there I mean? one instance where she didn't speak to you for two days? Because she said, I'm not going to speak to you until... No, she said she wouldn't. Because... Oh. Um, How long did it last? We were in, it lasted a day. We were in uh, North Germany in like a flat that she had rented. And I didn't know yet until this discussion why this happened. It just was all the other tension. and that she. I just had already decided she's just rude. And that's it. There's nothing else about her except she's just a rude, self-absorbed kind. Not self-absorbed, like egotistical, but um, because she wasn't. She's a very nice, compassionate person. Now, if anyone's listening, and this sounds familiar, she has five dogs and two cats in her house, which is a whole other thing. You know, people live different ways. I don't like smelling like cat pee and dog pee and have dog hair on me. That's just my lifestyle. I don't care what you do, but it's not my thing. So luckily, the the room that we stayed in was shut off from the dogs and the cats. Um, but she lives in that house with her dogs and cats. She's a bit of a hoarder, you know, so she's there's loads of stuff in her house. She had it all cleaned up for us, but you could tell behind the scenes. And when we, when we weren't there, it probably wasn't like that. So she's very nice, but I think she has a lot of turmoil from her childhood and her life. And she's a very solitary person. And she has educated herself. She kept reminding us how intelligent she is. Um, she was a teacher and stuff. But she... You can tell when she's talking. She's teaching you all the time stuff. And when you're talking, she's like this. Like she's waiting for you to stop. Mm. So she can go on and phone. Which is fine. You know, but... So in the apartment, um, the young man and the daughter were kind of making supper and he was over by a refrigerator which is kind of like front one side of the room and the daughter was over by the stove and the sink is in the middle and there's probably three a yard or three feet or a meter two meters between them and the sink is in the middle 
And I walked over to get a drink of water just to fill my cup up. She came up behind me, oh, grabbed the glass out of my hand. What are you doing? Da-da-da, they're cooking dinner. And da-da-da-da. you could go in the bathroom and I, because she thought I was washing my glass. I said, I'm just getting me some water to drink. And I kind of gently took my glass back out of her hand because by now I, I get it. She's severe, right? So I take the thing and I'm, and then she's saying something in German, 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 German. And there's this tension, like the whole room is full of tension. And I kind of like walked away with my water. And then later we had dinner and then on a, and that was one like big, ugh, you know, like a moment of stress. Then a couple of days later, my mom and I had made, we're going to make dinner the next night. We were going to be allowed to go shopping for groceries and cook dinner only because she was allowing it kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like it was unspoken, but it was clear she didn't want us to, but she would allow it kind of thing. It was weird. So she's saying to my mother, you must look in the refrigerator. You must look in the refrigerator. And she's real severe about everything because if we can't, we can't just keep taking, we can't be, keep adding because we have to take all this food home. Well, she bought two coolers with the food with her that we couldn't give a shit about. We could buy, eat out every day. We don't care. But she brought all this food with her, right? To travel with um, instead of buying food at quote unquote supermarkets that are too expensive. <laughs> I guess in case we couldn't come across an Aldi. So my mom, after she said, you need to look in the refrigerator, you must look in the refrigerator because if you're going to buy food, then we don't want any extra. Maybe you can use what we have. And she didn't just say it nicely. She said it like bossy. And my mom's like, oh, I did already. I checked it out and I, I kind of know what I want and I, I know what's in there. But you have to look in the refrigerator because we don't want to add and we don't want to carry this food home. And my mom's like, yeah, I know. And um, then she's, like, turning and pointing at the refrigerator, saying, I don't want to take these things home kind of thing. You know, I don't remember exactly what she said, but you need to go in there and make sure. And I said, I put my hand on her arm. I said, you know, my mom is a, a grown woman. She knows she knows stuff. She knows what she's doing. And she crossed her arms, and she says, when you say these things to me, that you are a grown woman, and your mother is a grown woman, and you say this to me all the time, you offend me. <laughs> And I, and I realize I do say that to her a lot because she's constantly telling us, close your door, do your seatbelt, put your seatbelt on, please. Why are we going here? Please speed up. Come on, come here. Come on, come on, come on. Like we're one of her dogs. All the time, like every minute, you are being directed constantly. And I would say to her, I know, Gabby, I'm a 42-year-old woman. I got it. I got it. You know, I've done a lot of things in my life, too. I get it. And it does sound snotty, but it was because I was trying really hard not to be bitchy. Right. You know, I was trying not to say, look, woman, do not tell me again to buckle my fucking seatbelt. I've been in cars before. You know what I mean? Like, it built up to that, right? So then we're sitting there, and she crossed her arm, and she's... And then mom, it was kind of like the release valve was about to happen. You know, the floodgates were about to open after all these days of tension. And my mom's like, you know... why we are trying to explain to you you don't need to tell us every little thing we we got it we got these little things we love learning from you about german history about europe and she knows a lot about european history and wars and stuff and she the geography and which is awesome she would tell us and show us on a map and here's where this is and she would draw maps with her finger you know on a on the car window or whatever and explain to us where the alps are versus this and that was awesome i love learning all that stuff yes you can just look it up and learn it but there she was and she was that was her contribution to our trip was to teach us things and my mom's like it's the little things you just keep honest and honest about we don't need to tell us these things you don't need to tell us when to get up and when to eat breakfast and when we can take a shower and then uh she just leaned back on the couch and she said i just won't speak again until tuesday then yeah and this was friday and we weren't leaving until the next Which wednesday been fine for you. and my mom said she wanted to make it very clear 
that at that moment, she went upstairs to get away because my mama's kind of like me and she's nicer. She said it was going to get very ugly because I would have, with her tongue, you know, kind of, my mom can be very, she would have brought up every single incident and all these things and really like, she can crush you. You know what I mean? With her tongue, as can I. And I stayed there and I'm like, look, I would never want to offend you. Never. It's just that this, the thing between telling us all the time what to do, we're just not that regimented. We came to relax and, you know, have a good time. And it's like every minute of our day is scheduled and stuff. So we're, I'm not trying to offend you. You can tell us anything. We love learning. It's just the thing. Oh, no. Just puts her hand up. No, no. I'm finished. I'm finished. <laughs> So then I go up to bed and my mom's just seething. You know, she's, my mom is a very tender person. So it's like, and she gets upset and she hadn't cried. She'd cried one time in the car on this trip. And that really irritated me. Not because my mother was crying, but because she was brought in her mind to this feeling, right? My mom's just like, why do people have to be this way? She's so hateful and bossy and not like you're bossy, but bossy, like really hateful, you know, and like, she's just, oh, it's just terrible. And I'm like, I know, and I'm trying to explain, she's a, you've learned now. She's a different type of person. There's, there, it's like a brick wall of, uh, you know, wait, there are people you can be around and they're kind of neurotic and you can just say, oh my God, you're acting like such a jerk. And they'll be like, I know, I know, and this is how I am. And it's cool to be able to say it to each other. She's not that person. Right. Do you know what I mean? So... That kind of released a little of the tension, but that was still... And then later when she said <clears throat> I had occupied him, occupied his time by speaking to him, and that caused them to have arguments, which we had no idea. They kept having tension. At one point, the daughter was driving, and they're telling her things in German, and they're always telling her how to drive, and they're really severe. The, the mother's really severe about it. You know, slow, 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 faster, 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 slow, 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 no, no, Schnell, schnell. Schnell, schnell, langsamer, 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 over and over and over. And real stressed out all the time, you know, which would, and the girl's only 20, the young woman is only 20. And I would just think, Jesus, if my mom was, my mom was not like that at all. My mom would have let me go the wrong way, right? And then when I discovered I'd gone the wrong way, she'd sit there with her arms closed and go, I told you when we started, let's yeah. just turn around and try again. You know, my mom's just like that. So I'm not, I, it's really put off, puts me off really bad. So, um, all of a sudden the daughter pulls over slams on the brakes. You know, we're on the back, we're three of us in the back seat. I mean, slams on the brakes. Like in a car I've never seen unless you're about to hit something. <laughs> she slams on the brakes, says something very pointed in German, not screaming or anything, just like, like she's had it, you know. She opens the door, grabs her jacket out of the seat really hard, slams the door, gets out and kind of walks up in front of the vehicle. And I'm just, and me, I'm always like, this is interesting. You know, this is life. I'm not... It's not weird. It's relationships. Obviously, she's irritated either with her boyfriend or her mother or whatever. I don't know. And then he gets out and they're kind of yelling at each other and then they're cuddling and then he's irritated and then the mother's like, we're, mom and I are like, oh, just let, it, let him be. They're fine. We don't, we're not in that big a hurry. You know, if they need to discuss something, we'll sit in the car. We don't care. Or let them be in the car. We'll go take a walk. Something like this. She was having none of it. She wanted them in the car <laughs> and keep moving, right? So they get their thing done, and then later when she's saying to us this little discussion, me, particularly, speaking to him, just occupying his time because the daughter felt like it was their little romantic trip, because it was four days long that we did this, and that I, or my mother, but mostly me, was talking to him too much, 
and keeping him from paying attention to her. Now, my mother and I later, my mom's like, Cindy, she said, I would watch you and you would wait an hour for her to stop talking. And then you would ask him one question about movies because I'd try to bring up something that we could all discuss in English, hopefully. I'd say, oh, how much? Hey, you guys. And I never really directed it at him. Maybe a couple of times because we were already talking to each other. But I'd say, hey, how much does it cost for you guys if you want to go out to the movies? Or do you have dollar movies kind of here? And he would be friendly and answer, but very briefly, kind of. And the daughter, I never thought about it, but that was me occupying the time. Right. When she wanted to be, whatever. So it was just a very interesting, on a personal side, Well, it was a window into, like, humanity because... I was going to say, yeah, let's, um, let's uh, knock it on the edit because yeah. that was 40 minutes, right? So... Next week, you'll tell the good side. Yes. So and that wasn't it. even bad. You know what I'll think? My sum up. No, I don't think that. It's enriching. Even though that would sound bad and an absolute nightmare to most people. It was a nightmare for me emotionally, but also taught me. A, not necessarily. Not something more. you didn't know. People no. are different. Um, there's different types of But people. in a situation that I can be more reserved than I thought. Because I could have just, on the second day when I was already feeling it, yeah, you could have really rude, gone off on her. Yeah. And I chose not to because my mother, it was her trip yeah, to me. Yeah, of course. You're and the tension would have been too much. And I don't know. I, I realize I'm more polite than I ever thought I was because I felt like I am a guest. And even though I don't feel that obligation thing at all about people, I don't care if you buy me dinner. I don't owe you shit because I can pay for my own dinner. Yeah, exactly. You're just being nice. Don't make me feel like it's a burden to you. You know what I mean? That's my interpretation of things. I appreciate things when they're given freely because I give things freely. If I had someone come to America and I said, you bring no money with you, I will take you out to dinner. I will take you to all the sites that I can. We don't exactly have loads of sites in our near thousand mile radius or whatever, like 500 miles maybe. There are things, but I would prepare myself that that is my gift to them open and freely. There is no payback. There's no, you're obligated to none of that. Not at all. Not at all. So that is the, um, that's your, it sounds like a horrible holiday, but. And I spoke to you, what, three times? Yeah. In ten days. We'll talk about the, uh, next week you can talk yes. about what, what the you The sights and the things, yeah, there's a lot. So, um, yeah, that was the nasty part, <laughs> kind of. Um, so, uh, on that note. We're going to go eat some this curry. Is all, yeah, we're going to go and eat uh, and watch some television. Uh, finish Big Brother off, which yeah, we, uh, yeah it's about time we... Big Brother ended about three weeks ago. We don't know what happened yet. I also learned that I only want to travel, I think, with... I want to travel with you in the future, so... Not only... You. I'd be a better partner than um, uh, Crazy German Lady. She's not crazy, honey. She's just the way she is. <laughs> and, you know... I, I know, but I don't... It's not... I know it sounds like I'm being bitchy about it. I'm actually telling you, literally, how it was. No... I mean, it's my I perspective... There's nothing wrong with her as long as she stays away from me. <laughs> a lot of people wouldn't so? want her to um Oh, no. Oh, my God. Her. My mom said, you know, she had thought about taking my brother with her first. And I was like, oh, my God. The first day, my brother would have had that woman in tears. And he would have been out of there so fast. He wouldn't have tolerated it. I don't think. No. 
because well, he might have lost it a few days. I don't think. Oh no, no! It started immediately when we got off the plane, and in the car, she started yelling at her daughter how she was driving, telling right. us to shut the door, telling us to put on our seatbelts, and then telling us how tired she was because she was waiting for us, how much effort it was to oh, get yeah, the like, breakfast together, like how hard it was for her to have to really, really clean up her house, and oh, she hopes that we really appreciate it. I hate that shit, you know. So it was immediate. So all but, right, so. The flip side is it was it's a gorgeous country and I'll tell you about the sights next week. Next week, then we um, split it up into two parts. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> thanks for listening to the show. Um, this was after the show number one hundred and forty, the Robin Woo! Robin Hood Blu-ray slash Sid talks um, Germany stuff episode. Um, I want to remind you about our websites: uh, aceculi.com, sidtalk.com. You can catch us both on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube, Zoom Marketplace. You can get this podcast. RSS feed, just go to aschoolie.com, click on the uh, podcast link, listen to the podcast there, or the iTunes Music Store if you're so inclined, which a lot of people seem to be. Um, you can email feedback to me at aschoolie at Sid Talk will uh, accept email at sidtalk at germany.com. And um, I just want to say, uh, stay classy. Um, I was going to say Hitler, but I won't say Hitler. No. Oh my God. <laughs> I'll say Robin Hood. Oh, did I say learn tolerance? Because I think I just lost it again. I'm going to say, and now more than ever it is cemented in my mind, think for yourself in this life or someone will do it for you every minute of the day. 